Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 326 for the week of November 8th, 2014. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with Alice Wilkinson from London, or from England, or where I'm are from, from South England. South Chris. England. South. You're a southerner. Yes. All right, Quinn. That's it. What? What? <laughs> all right. Is BlizzCon awesome, or is BlizzCon awesome? I'm going to admit... That were those some a couple of those announcements kind of came out of left field. So if you're not aware at home, BlizzCon started yesterday. They had their opening ceremonies, and they announced, "Hey, you know what? It's time for a new game." So have Overwatch, a team ba- a squad based shooter with multiple classes. That is totally not Team Fortress Two. It's totally not Team Fortress Two, except for how it's Team Fortress Two, but it's totally not. So don't Actually, it. you know what I was thinking was that I think back when Team Fortress 2 came out, came out I think I described it as a particularly violent Pixar movie. I, I, and I'm sure it wasn't me, but Chris, were you getting serious Pixar vibes from that um, trailer? From Okay, from the trailer, yes. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm much more interested in Overwatch as an animated production than I yeah, am I, as a I, video I, well, game. <laughs> I, think, well, I mean, I've heard... Um, Basically, that the game that we that we're getting out of it yeah. is basically the cannibalized remains of Project Titan, you know, the recently cancelled MMO project. No, you don't. You don't cancel a game, then turn around and turn it into a new game. In well, no, no, two weeks. no. I say <laughs> apparently that is the case. It, the The game as presented in Overwatch was a apparently like a mini game inside Titan. So when they cancelled Titan, they took the salvageable pieces of it and turned to get turned the remainder of the bits into a game. Time to turn around that fast. What? I I don't well, know. T- Titan has been in development for how long? So I could see it being the cannibalized remains of Titan Round One or Round Two, but not the most recent round. Oh, possibly not the most recent round, no. But I believe it is basically the salvaged remains of an existing game. Ah, all right. Cancelled game. I don't know. I. I think it's more likely that people were speculating Titan was FPS-based to begin with mm. um, as a first-person shooter MMO-based product. And I'm thinking that, nope, Titan was yet another project, and this was a separate one, and hey, this one's still on. That That's what I took from it. And I would like to hear the full story. but I, I imagine the full story will probably come out roughly around the time Overwatch starts... Uh, uh, like public beta, mm. which will be all they've given, I think, so far is a 2015 date. You know, I bet you if I go, they had a panel about Overwatch, right? Did they answer I think questions? They did, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I only watched the uh, like the presentation parts of the panels because I can't stand Q&As. You got to hope that somebody asked the question. So is this what Titan was or was this a completely separate development effort? And if nobody asks that question, then I feel sad. <laughs> yeah. Because that's... Um, I mean, you got to ask that. I so, mean, uh, I think the most, interest, uh, the most interesting stuff that they covered yesterday, at least with regards to stuff that we cover, ah. um, is just their, um, like their rationale for the recent stat squish, ability squish in World of Warcraft. Eh, they've been talking about that for a year, though. Yeah, yeah, it was just nice to kind of hear it kind of presented up front sort of thing. I mean, did they actually announce anything new in regards to World of Warcraft that we didn't oh, know no. other than, like, little details about dungeons and, you know, here's the slots that you can enchant? I mean, that that's kind of minutia, but... Yeah, I mean, I, just looking at the pictures that were posted on MMO Champion, they, one of their presentations was the... Um, 
like the the abilities for they used restoration yes. druid as an example yeah i saw so, that <laughs> core abilities 2004 restoration druid 21 mm-hmm. 2004 so burning crusade i think uh, or, no i think it's 2004 after they did some patches yeah 39 then 1.1 patch 1.12 46 then burning crusade 51 wrath of the lich king 57 mm-hmm. and then they said they were going to try and do some stuff to sort it out in cataclysm and they still had 57 abilities. <laughs> and then in Mr. Pandaria, they had uh, 57. <laughs> so now in Warlords of Draenor, they've got 41, which yeah. is what they had originally. And well, I think no, they had 21 what, originally, right? Yeah, well, yeah, okay. But it's around kind of uh, what people call the, you know, like the golden, the golden age, age of vanilla. Yeah. I, I, I like the fact that they, they did kind of throw in a, hey, guys, look, uh, vanilla was awesome, right? Joke in there. <laughs> Uh, and, um, and some of that keep it, well all right i shouldn't get into the minutiae here some of that is like the alternate animal forms for the druid so the resto isn't yeah mess yeah with that it, anyway. it, it, restoration druid is kind of like an extreme example almost and yeah. it's, it's it's always been a class that has had a lot of buttons but um i i could definitely see where they were coming from because i, I as a shaman i have a lot of buttons as well because mm-hmm. they replaced obviously replaced a lot of totems with um uh, cooldown spells back during Cataclysm, and that meant I had a lot of token buttons on my bar. Mm. Very, very situational, a lot of them. And I, I don't really miss what I've... Like, the abilities that I've lost, I sort of don't really miss them much. No, I'm glad of. they're paring some of that stuff down, because too many things to fit in your bar. You have to come up with these three key shortcuts, and you have to remember that with Alt down, I press these four buttons. With Control down, I press... And, like... I don't want to play yeah. like that. That's too much. I know um, someone who plays like that, and eh, I don't Yeah, and don't the other thing was the rationale for the removing of things like um, reforging and the refactoring of um, yeah. like stats and whatnot. They presented it through that. Uh, I'm assuming you were watching it as <laughs> I well. I did but see that, yeah. The story, the story of Frank, the monk. <laughs> who gets you know, a new get- drop, and then he needs to go back to town to... Uh, put gems but, in no, that goes, drop. Goes, 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 but needs to go back to town to to get it get it oh. putting with gems. But oh look, his hot his home points on timeless. Yeah. Oops. So then you got to find the vendor, buy the thing, buy the gems, uh, <laughs> complete with a, a a screenshot of a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. It's fantastic. Um, do the reforging, do the upgrading, uh, a neat reference to the frog farming. <laughs> For the, he just uh, needed a few more minor charms, you know. And, yeah, and then by the time so, he gets back to the raid, uh, it ended because you know it's been three hours and the raid finished. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So uh, I, the change to the the the, the uh, it's kind of what they did with the timeless uh, the timeless armor stuff in um, the last major patch, where you basically just use an item and it gives you a piece of uh, spec appropriate gear. Yep, kind of thing. And there's which is good, which is, is exactly the kind of stuff that I like to see. And they reduce sort the of. amount of pieces of gear that are eligible for enchants and gems to begin with, so you don't have to worry about that as much. They got rid of reforging. They have multiple stats on the same gear, so they apply to different specs on your character. Uh, it's just really smart um, ways of of streamlining the experience, so you yeah, can like focus for, on like upgrades that- and fun. Yeah, like the gear that basically switches stats depending what spec you're in. So yes. you don't need to carry around two entire uh, specs worth of gear. In but order doesn't to this do kind of hurt some healing. of the fantasy role-playing elements of the game, don't you think? Or is it 
we're at I the point know. where I that doesn't matter this, anymore. I, I think by this point, you know, magical. You you basically you're you're equipped with. I mean, if something's purple quality, it's kind of under the assumption that it's some sort of magical armor of some description, you know. But mm. I think I think I, I'm willing to stretch my suspension of disbelief this far. Basically, I mean, we've got space goats, you know. Well, it's not really as it, I for me, it's not an issue of suspension of disbelief. It's that people who play these role playing games like their stats and they like customizing their character and stuff. And th- it's like, how do you balance that with the fact that, you know, there's always going to be something that gets mathematically put forward as the best and everyone's going to do the same thing. So how do you have both in there? And I guess they've decided that you don't and you, you just have it, make it easier to, to enjoy the I playing mean, they, of the game. Well, they, although the, the, there was something that's kind of part of that, which was um, they've removed the, um, basically removed the caps on secondary stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so their example was if you take all of your um, post um, post change uh, sockets or enchant slots, you, it is actually possible to like for like completely max crit or something. Sure. Not even just well, actually, I say. But don't max, you think there's still going to be a mathematical best? So it's just really prob- the same I, crap I, there again. Probably w- there probably will be, but I think it certainly makes a lot of things a little bit more viable. Like um, enhancement shaman is inclined towards maxing out health um, because at level basically at level ninety now uh, each spec gets a five percent boost to a secondary stat that is useful to them so haste in the case of um enhancement shaman but i think with enough uh reforging uh, not reforging sorry um enough gemming and enchanting i think you could definitely and uh, a couple of talent picks i think you could probably make multi-strike quite viable maybe not for like mythic raiding but for 75 percent of the stuff that i do in game you know i don't think it's actually going to matter and I can go where I like, sort of mm. thing, in, in terms of secondary stats-wise. I suppose. I, I just, I have a feeling that as a druid, uh, or as a feral druid, I'm just going to end up stacking crit again. And so <laughs> I have this, you know, this is what I do. Every time I get a piece of equipment, i got to go max the secondary stat to crit, put crit gems in whatever I'm able to put gems into. It just doesn't feel like... It feels like there'll be less of that stuff I have to do, but it's going to be the same thing. So it's like, did they really get rid of that, or did they just minimize it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like shopping. What's up? Yeah, it is crit for feral. Well, I mean, it usually is. I'm. I don't know if it is in this expansion, but in the no, past no, it always seen, has been. Because uh, post the changes, post the patch for prep patch for warlords of Draenor. Um, yeah. At uh, level ninety, you learn the ability sharpen claws as a feral, which gives you five percent more of critical stat from all sources. Yeah, that's that, that ability's actually been around for a long time. Um, I guess that's just how it appears in this version of the game. But yeah, yeah. whereas for balance, uh, balance takes mastery, guardian takes mastery, and restoration is haste. Mm-hmm. So there's actually no uh, druid stat that um, favors multi-strike, for example. Yeah, which I, I was wondering about that, because that sounded like something a druid might care, a feral druid might care yeah. about. Ooh, hitting whereas, multiple um, times, but traditionally it's been crit, so I wonder which way they're going to go with that. So. Yeah, whereas shaman's three specs are um, multi-strike for elemental, haste for enhancement, and mastery for resto. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yes, it is. It's, it, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think it's interesting where they're going with it, and I think it does put a good framework in place for um, 
when they uh, I, they inevitably make changes as part of the Warlords of Draenor like patches. It's a good. I think it's a good baseline to work. No, with. you're absolutely right, and I do think it is as well. Yeah, it's, it's I think so I think they had to make these changes first before making any more changes with it. Yes. Who knows? I mean, they could turn around and say, "Oh, actually, we've thought that you know, multi strikes better for enhancement, and haste is better for elemental, and switch the two round. I don't know. So, Some did you see? Be- um, did you see any of the uh, pictures of the of the orcs in the movie? Uh, no, I didn't actually. I didn't see any of the movie stuff. I think I went to bed, so oh, I haven't okay. actually caught up on that yet. Okay. Uh, they're looking very CG, <laughs> <laughs> as you might expect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess, is there anything else about BlizzCon that's news? Oh, new Hearthstone expansion, Goblins yeah, and Gnomes. Yeah, goblins versus gnomes. Oh, even. sure. Yeah, I, I like how they set that one up because it was all about here, like the people that represent the alliance and represent the horde, and it ends up being the two mini races that you know people don't usually put forward as representative of those factions. So mm. that said, though, I, I, it's good to see. Um, yes. Hearthstone always was a little bit more um, like I don't know, lighthearted, I guess. Yeah. And I no, I think that looks like a great expansion, and I look forward to it. And also, I wish the, I had all the cards in the expansion. I just don't know how to get all those. I don't. I'm not good at Hearthstone. No, I'm not very good at it either. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they did. Oh, they did actually announce quite a bit of um stuff about uh, what's it called? Legacy of the Void. Well, what did they really announce? Um, I think they they. Because I, I was kind of switching between panels at this point. Um, they did, like, discuss um, where they wanted to go with, um, like, or how to differentiate the Protoss campaign from the previous two. In, okay. Like, in terms of, you know how, like, the non-RTS stuff worked during, like, the Terran campaign and the Zerg campaign? Yes. You know, like, the upgrade mechanics and stuff like that. I think they wanted to... Uh, like talk about what was how the Protoss did things differently, um, and I, th- I suppose the the the, the, um, the I suppose the big thing that they showed off this this time around was um, it, I, you basically have like an orbital weapons platform sitting in orbit throughout the campaign, the Protoss campaign that has upgradable abilities and stuff like that, and that does actually look pretty cool. Yeah. All right. But then again, I've always liked StarCraft, so I'm sort of more interested in... I'm just glad that they're acknowledging that Legacy of the Void is still happening. <laughs> yes. And it is a standalone product, so you do not need the first two to play the third one as if like you're just trying to get into multiplayer. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I might have to get the Collects Edition, because I have the Collects Edition for the other two. Uh, I... Hmm. Yeah, I guess... Did, have they announced what that is? Or are we uh, just going to assume it's the same it, as every um, other StarCraft Collector's Edition has been? That's what I'm working under the assumption of, yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right. Now that, I think, d- catches us up with uh, BlizzCon, right? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything. Sorry. Right. Well, let's talk about what we've been playing then. Oh, yeah. I forgot to actually note that down in the old uh, podcast document. In the old podcast document. 
I uh, suppose it's um, well, yeah. I put some. If you, do you want me to start or do you want to talk? No, you go for it, man. All right. Um, I, I have put some more time into Final Fantasy fourteen. I did. You know, you gave gave me crap for not getting to level fifty in t- um, during a previous podcast very quickly. Yeah, come on. Um, I did get to level fifty ninja this week. Oh, all right. I was thirty two during I think thirty two round thirty two last podcast. I rounded out the rest, the remaining levels this week. Basically, that's taken me quite a while. Um. Nothing really more to say other than the fact that uh, it's a very in- <laughs> it's a very enjoyable class to play. It's just difficult, is <laughs> for lack of a better word. It's, so what what's difficult about it? Basically, it's remembering the rotation, like the damage rotations that ninja have are quite complicated because you have to queue up and use the you remember those uh, hand gesture abilities that I mentioned last time. Yeah, yeah. It's basically remembering that you have like six of them and five of them are useful because hmm. um, one of them is a an attack speed up that lasts for I think it's like a minute and ten seconds or something um, so it's always useful to have that up making sure you're doing your damage rotation, your standard damage rotation making sure you're applying your DOTs your debuffs and so on and so forth it can be a little bit much to keep up with while also making sure that you're not dying because you're standing in the fire or something because that fair. does happen. So, do you think you like, like World of Warcraft? Do you need an ability squish so you don't have as many buttons? No, because I think Final Fantasy XIV never went as far as World of Warcraft did. Um, I can still fit everything on the. I think it's the three action bars that I have, and that's only when I'm and that's when I'm playing Summoner, which has quite a few buttons on three action bars. All right, fair enough. So. <laughs> it's because you have a well, con- nice for Ninja. Not all, not none of them are full. I don't think all either. Right. They're sort of partially used, based out. Do you play with a controller or with a keyboard? Keyboard. Okay. I suppose I kind of I might want to try playing with a controller at some point, but I kind of I also, in a way, don't see the point. I have a keyboard. I might as well use it, sort of thing. Um, Yeah. um, Let's see what else I've been playing. Binding of Isaac. Um, I did actually buy it in Rebirth. Um, I'm. David, I had David's had it pre-ordered for a little while, so he's had it longer than me. Um, but it is amazing, and I think you've been playing it as well, haven't you? I so I got it for free on PS Plus. Yeah, um, that's why I got it for free on PS Plus. Oh, yes. Hello. Are you talking to me or David? Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. No, I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. All right. We must be lagged. I'm talking a little. to you, Chris. Okay. Yeah, I think we're lagged a little. All right. So I um. I, uh, I oh, okay. got, got it for free on PS Plus. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I played it on there for a bit, and I really liked, you know, I enjoyed playing it with the controller. It was like, oh, this feels different. Um, I did pre-order it on PC as well. I just booted it up on PC this morning while we've been talking through the podcast. Um, in first impressions, um, they added a lot of stuff to Binding of Isaac. They changed some things. Um they the you got big old rooms now you have a lot more enemies um i'm trying to figure out how i feel about things in general it, it's interesting to play the game now because i'm starting over from the beginning essentially and so like all the bosses are a lot easier than in my old copy of binding of isaac where you know i've unlocked the harder difficulty modes i don't know if you noticed that as well 
Oh, right. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's interesting because um, I, I, this is something that David picked up on and I think has been mentioned by the development team was they fixed a lot of bugs and they fixed a lot of problems with um, like item interactions and stuff that were being limited by Flash because the original game was entirely Flash, I believe. Right. Um, so, for example, uh, David had a run earlier where he was able did actually get a kill against um, Mom's Heart, which had... Um, wait, David, what was the item that makes your shot go wavy again? It's a worm. It's something like... Yeah, it's like some, yeah, it's like a worm or is my hook shot or something similar that makes your shot kind of look like um yeah, almost like worm. a kind of mathematical graph. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Um basically he had that with brimstone. Oh uh, jeez. Which makes your beam like <laughs> take that kind of take that shape. So you basically get like a kind of zigzagging uh laser beam of death. Um and then he also had the uh, telepathy for dummies as a spacebar item, which gives you homing shots. Yeah. So he had a, a, a curling brimstone beam. Oh, sorry, a, a zigzagging brimstone beam that could turn corners. Wow. <laughs> and basically home in on enemies. I love it. So basically, um, this was like one of, the, one of the major problems with the original, at least. of Flash meant that there were a number of items that made you think that they would work together with each other, but they didn't. Like, for example, Brimstone, the one that makes you... And it didn't work with a lot of items that it could otherwise have worked, you know, that logic would dictate they would work with. It would work with. And I think those have now been fixed to the extent where um, you know, stuff, items like Brimstone do interact correctly with um everything else to the extent where you get um I, I think one is i think it's brimstone plus ludovico technique which gives ordinarily just gives you a controllable tier that you could just kind of move around the uh move around the level uh if you combine that with brimstone you basically get a red halo of fire that you can control it's uh and there's all kinds of crazy stuff like um that item ludovico technique with um quad shot creates a tier with three tiers rotating outside of it that you then kind of can move around the level and so on and so forth. It's crazy. <laughs> so um, I have a question for you. Go on. What do you think about the new music? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of um, Danny B. Yeah. Who did the original music, and it, it's kind of really hard to replace that. Uh, I think so as well. Uh, I think it could, you know, if you want to do new music that's one thing i don't think changing the style like this and using this music is i, I don't like this music at all I, I i don't i i say that said i don't mind the uh the um new music i don't think it's bad okay i just don't think it's as good as the original i i'm missing like the beats that the first one had and uh, it's, it's way more ambient and there's not as much melody and i don't like that Mm. I think the first one had pretty good soundtrack. Oh well, to each his own, I guess. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, let's see. It, mm, oh, I just got sandwiched there. Ow. This game's Chris, you, hard. This game's hard. Are you hard. playing Binding of Isaac right now? I am. Oh, and you give me crap for I playing I do games. usually, oh. don't I? 
But this yeah, is, you think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone in the chat room mentioned it. I was like, oh, that'd be interesting to watch if you're watching the show right now. So I'll put that on and people can watch me die in Binding of Isaac. Um, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> what is... Uh, that's all you've been playing, right? Um, I'm just trying to think if I've been playing anything else. Um, I, I haven't really been playing World of Warcraft because I'm kind of waiting for the expansion to come out now. Well, Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much time to wait? <laughs> yeah, not not really, not really, uh, not really, um, not really very long now. It's almost a shame that I'm working a normal week next week, so I don't get any sort of days off during the week to enjoy it. So. Um, yeah, I, I do think, um, that, oh, oh, yeah, no, that reminds me, um, as well as putting a little bit of time in, more time into Bayonetta 2, I think I did, I mentioned last week that I finished yeah. it, oh, um, okay. I just put a little bit more time into it, um, but also, um, I've decided to be a complete nutter and go back to start playing Xenosaga. Oh, jeez. Because, you know, I'm a masochist for games with highly That's confusing- going to take you a while. With highly confusing plots based on surprisingly accurate gnosticism. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> Gnosticism? I don't know. Gnosticism. Yeah. Gnosis. Um, mostly because um, I'm in the position where I probably could play Xenoblade Chronicles, um, but the issue I kind of find with it is um, it just doesn't seem quite as interesting as both Xenosaga and Xenogears. And I've tried playing Xenogears before, and as interested as I am in the plot, I just find the game itself extremely hard to get into. Xenogears? Uh, really? Yeah, the original oh. PlayStation Xenogears. Yeah. I like that um, game. I just, I don't know, for some reason I just, I've, I've tried several times to play it, and I've never been able to get particularly far in. Um, and it's a shame that the Let's Play that I've read of it is uh, stops somewhere shortly after the beginning of Disc 2, which you may have heard of. Oh, I've, uh, I'm well aware of you know, Gears Disc 2. That's no, no, a... I mean, I'm talking about the, the Let's Play, which is hosted on the site whatdoesgodneedwithastarship.com, which, considering what the plot is of Xenogears, I find to be amazingly appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, it's a let's play of Xenogears, and I've just been reading that. But it's but it doesn't finish. No, unfortunately not. Wait, wait, it, wait! It's a written let's play. Yep. Instead of a YouTube let's play. Well, yes, because it spends the entire time taking the piss out of Xenogears. All right. While still delivering enough information about the plot that makes things vaguely comprehensible. Hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, although in one in one early line that just says this may be explained sixty hours from now, but it'll never actually make sense without <laughs> or even with the three hundred page supplementary texts. Welcome yeah. to see. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, All and right. also the line in a square RPG: if you meet Yahweh on the road, you kill that son of a bitch, <laughs> because it's pretty true. <laughs> also, vague jokes to Evangelion as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you've been keeping up with AMV Hell minis, there is a reference to that in there. <laughs> like the anime music videos? Yeah, well, you know the AM, have you familiar with the AMV Hell series? Yeah. Yeah. Um you know they do a bunch of like minis and challenges in between the major releases. No, I they didn't did, know um, that. I, I No, they do it. They did they do, they do a set now where they they give a theme and then do a like a challenge where people vote for the winner. They're still making those? Oh yeah. I thought like uh, after like 6 of them 10 years ago that you know we'd be done with this. There is an AMV Hell 7. 
progress. Oh well, whatever. I'm just saying. Um, but no, one of their most recent challenges, challenge ones was gaming, AMV Challenge 26, which puts footage from Xenogears alongside footage from Evangelion. Yeah. It's, no, that's it's probably appropriate. Surprisingly, surprisingly appropriate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've tried. It's 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 hard going. It's a P, it's an old PS2 game. Uh, Xenosaga. Xenosaga yeah. episode one. Uh, can't you just um, get Xenosaga episode two with the disc that's cinema retelling of episode one? Oh, that's a thing. Oh, I thought crap. so. <laughs> Maybe I should just do that then. In that case, I think I stuff. have that. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> And isn't okay. that what I have? It's like Xeno Saga Episode 2, but it has a disc of the movie version of Episode 1. Huh? She doesn't know. Yeah. yeah, that may be worth doing. Although, admittedly, it is... Yeah, it, it, mm, I don't know. It, it's kind of still interesting to play through because as, uh, I've only ever grabbed like snippets of the Xeno Saga plot. In fact, I, know most, I, I think I know most of its major twists, but um, I've never actually like sat down and played through it. I kind of... I know the ending, but I never did the journey yeah, sort of thing. It's like, I just... The thing that bugs me about Xenosaga is that it, it isn't Xenogears 1 through 3, and it kind of should be. Oh, um, well, yeah, I, I kind of get, get what you mean. It's just, yeah. Um, and I think um, the fact that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X has giant robots in it does make me more interested in that one than just regular Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, so what's up with Xenoblade Chronicles X? Because I thought I saw that it, like, it knew Los Angeles or something like that in there. It's like, there's Earth stuff going on? Yeah, that was a little weird. I, I was, I, I think I, I saw that. Xenosaga, or Xeno, what the hell is it? Xenoblade <laughs> took place on like two giant titans that were fighting each other and locked in combat in eternity and like not on earth whatever it was not on earth and now what is going on with this one where people are traveling planets and they're from earth what is going on i don't know you have any idea you don't know no i don't i've got no idea is this the same universe or reality as the first game or is it completely new setting do you know that much? I still have no idea. Okay. Well, I will stop asking you that. <laughs> no, I, I, well, uh, the, the only thing I, I suppose I am glad for, since I now have a Wii U, I can actually play it. That's, that's a good thing to be glad for. Yeah. yeah. So you have a Wii U. Have you pre-ordered Smash Brothers? Uh, no, I haven't pre-ordered it yet. Oh. Are you going to get every Amiibo? Uh, no. Are you going to get any Amiibos? No. Okay. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> All right. Good. Uh, so the only thing I've played that you didn't, it sounds like, is uh, a little bit of SteamWorld Dig, because that was also free on PlayStation Plus. Uh, that's a game I played through in its entirety on Steam, and so I played that for a while and realized, no, I've played this already, and i got a bunch of other things to play. So uh, good port. Looks nice, so if you haven't played SteamWorld Dig, uh, play it. It's a fun little Metroidvania-style game, and it's free with PlayStation Plus right now. So enjoy that. Um, And yeah, that's it. So we should go to feedback, which means I need to get this thing out. We got some voicemails this week, John, or Alice, or whoever you are. I can't keep straight that anymore. Um... Oh dear. 
Yeah, this, this happens in esports too. It's like people change their nicknames, and nobody can keep it straight who's who anymore. So to be, to be brutally honest, you're only doing what uh, it everybody took David else has done. Long. Yeah, David took quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see well, if this see, works. The funny thing, well, the funny thing is, is he'd always correct himself in pretty much the same way you do. So I find it kind of adorable. Really. Yeah, <laughs> great. All right, so here here's our voicemails. Let's see if this works. Um, wait, I have to press buttons. All right. That doesn't sound like it worked, did it? No. Ah, ah all right. I'm getting close now. I really love your crew. All right, let's try that again. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Matt from Texas. I'm a long-time listener. I've been listening to the show for a long time. I have a, I don't have an ID on RPGGamer.com yet, but I really love your crew. I love your show. Oh, you know, I love everything you do for the show, Chris, and, you know, Anna, and Glenn, and Manny. Everybody's great. Um, you guys are killing me with the Apple Talk, really. Once you get on your iPhone, from the iPads, it's like, oh, come on now. I really hear you talking about Final Fantasy 1 for an hour. Alright, that, that was really just kind of giving y'all a hard time. I really do enjoy the show. Bye. Alright, that was his first voicemail. His second voicemail started off, hello, RBG fan. I think it was a mistake. And then he uh, quickly hung up. <laughs> and here's his third third voicemail during the last podcast um, I heard uh, Manny ask what um, listeners would like to hear now I don't know about everybody else but personally I really do like um, deeper discussion about uh, certain games if, if, it's, if it's what you're playing uh, what the game is like or more. I really enjoy that. I mean, I enjoyed um, Manny's discussion about uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Not just because I'm looking forward to the game or anything like that, but I just, I really enjoy the more in-depth discussion. I don't necessarily enjoy the, uh, the phone or tablet talk for extended periods. I don't have a problem with touching on it, but it's not necessarily about the games. It sounds more about the actual tech. But I, I love your show. I love everybody on it. Um, I, I really would just like to hear more about the games themselves that you're playing. It doesn't even matter what game it is. Just I just like opinions, you know. If somebody has an opinion about something, um, express it, and that's enjoyable listening to me. All right, guys, keep it up. Bye. All right, thank you. Um, so, long story short, uh, tone down the Apple device talk and uh, keep up the long discussions of opinions about games. Thank you. And let's see what we got. What do you think about that, Alice? Yes? No? Oh, 
Well, I suppose it does kind of say to me, because I don't do a lot of, um, like, tablet or mobile gaming, really. Right. The only time I think I remember talking about it fairly recently was when I played Terror Battle on the Android. Which is nice, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a fun game, but it's not something that I've spent a lot of time on recently. Because, well, I suppose I've just got other other stuff to do, really. Like, um, you know, the whole World of Warcraft expansion coming out on yeah, Tuesday and stuff. Yeah, on Tuesday. No, you're right, you're right. Um... <laughs> What? Is, I guess he's really just complaining about me and Manny. Well, I suppose sometimes we have to. You and I have to consider that. Um, uh, well, I suppose I have to consider that. You know, tabloid gaming is a tabloid. Tablet gaming is just becoming more more common, and uh, you know, it's just how the how things have changed. All the cookies crumbling or something. So yeah, something like that. Fair enough. I just got an item in Binding of Isaac, which is a Daddy Long Legs, which stomps on enemies from above the screen. Oh, that's a return from the first game. Okay, I never got that one before. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, we got another voicemail here from Tix Panther. Hi, this is Tix Panther calling in from the uh, UK. Um, just let me throw out some of my thoughts on... Um, where some of the modern developments have been going with video game technology and how I hope that the companies actually keep on selling things this way. Because I find that, you know, between things like remote play between the PS4 and the Vita or the Wii U's gamepad um, ability to play games remotely um, with cross-platform play, say, the cross-play on the PlayStation platforms or cross-platform between anything. There seems to be more of a movement now that not only is a game not platform-locked, but the player isn't platform-locked anymore. And personally, I can see that as a great thing going forwards. Um, it's like, personally, I am primarily an armchair gamer. Then again, I currently live on my own and don't have anyone to compete with over the telly. Some people aren't that lucky, or maybe they're more lucky because they've got a family that lives with them, or people do a lot of commuting. The ability to play the same game between different places or buy a game regardless of what you've got, or the ability to kind of, with some of the remote play, play if someone else is colonizing the TV or things like that. I see that as being something really, really useful going forwards, especially for the long-involved RPGs, like you know, the ability to, oh, I mainly play this at home, but I'm off for a week, sort of thing. Um, but also, all of this stuff does completely rely on the games publishers actually embracing releasing things that way, and also, if it is multi-platform, pricing it in a way that isn't cost-prohibitive. So I'm just thinking, what are your guys' thoughts on where this sort of thing could go and how useful it could be. All right. What do you think, Els? I was majorly distracted by his accent. <laughs> Why is that? It's just, wow. I mean, that was British. Like, yes. <laughs> wow. Good grief. <laughs> you don't remember what the question was, do you? <laughs> I mean, wow! I was just that was that was that really was an accent. And personally, I can see that as a great thing going forward. Yeah. We use gamepad um, ability to play games remotely, 
um, with cross-platform play, say, the cross-play on the PlayStation platforms or cross-platform between anything, there seems to be more of a movement now that not only is the game not platform-locked, but the player isn't platform-locked anymore. And personally, I can see that as a great thing going forward. Okay. All right. Um, so there you go. So basically, um, I kind of see it. I've always kind of seen um, my or what I get outside. I'm. I believe I am primarily a PC gamer, um, and I suppose what kind of informs my decision to get things that aren't PC is: does it look like they're coming to PC? Yes, no. If they're not, buy the console that they're on. Or more to the point, wait until there's enough things to get console and then buy it. This has led, of course, to me buying games more than once. Like, I have two copies of Metal Gear Rising, one for PS3 and one for PC. Um, I suppose it kind of means that, um, like, my ability to go from platform to platform is mostly restricted by how willing I am to actually buy other platforms and which games on those platforms are not coming to PC. Like... I'm strongly anticipating a lot of Namco Bandai stuff that they release for late PS3 and PS4 to not come to PC. Therefore, I kind of have to go to the source sort of thing. Am I making any sense? Uh, you're making sense, but I don't think that's the cross-platform stuff that they're talking about. Um, hmm, let me think about this. Now you should keep going, because I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, I, I have a Vita. I, I, yes. can, I can, in theory, do cross-platform stuff with, with PS4, but... Oh, that, uh, does that count as cross-platform? See, that's, that's the thing. Like, the not being locked in a platform comment that Tix made is like, well, I don't think Nintendo's ever going to let people play multiplayer with people on Sony, you know? Yeah, well, and also the fact that Nintendo exclusives tend to remain on Nintendo consoles, like, yeah. more so than anything else. I think we're seeing more ports nowadays, and that's awesome. I think seeing yeah. off-TV play and being able to leverage the devices you have for one manufacturer in more flexible ways, awesome. I think it'll continue and get more. But I just don't see the anytime soon um, cross-platform play between competitors like Sony and Microsoft. Mm. Unless, unless you disagree. Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, yeah, Stellar Kings doesn't chat. Bloodborne would love to see it on PC. Yes, well, absolutely. Considering, considering Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two did come out on PC, hmm. um, we could see one. I mean, there's always been persistent rumors that Final Fantasy Fifteen will come to PC. Um, to, I mean, I, would you have said for like three or four years ago if um, that would Final Fantasy Thirteen ever have come to PC? 13? No. I would not yeah, have thought exact- that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And mm. yet now they're planning on releasing the entire trilogy to PC. So where the hell did that come from? A, a desperate Square Enix? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I might have criticized them for being desperate, but indications seem to suggest that they're making money hand over fist. Like, Are they now? Final- I didn't know that it changed. Off, okay. mostly, mostly off Final Fantasy fourteen, but... Hmm. And, and they have a couple of really successful mobile games, I think, at the moment. So, right. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. But, um, 
Yeah. I, I kind of wish that Namco Bandai would put more games on PC, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not expecting miracles here. <laughs> like, Have they Tales put of anything? Have they came done that with PC. anything? Have they put anything out on PC? Uh, they've put a few things out on PC, but not anything that um, everyone would want to play. Okay. Like the most recent version of um, Ace Combat, for example. No, yeah, that's probably not a wide appealing. Hmm. I mean, I have it, but yeah, because I bought it cheap in a sale, like basically everything else I own on Steam. But um, <laughs> that is an Namco Bandai game. I mean, I mean, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, and Dark Souls Two are Namco Bandai. They're developed by From Software, but they're published by uh, Namco Bandai. Yeah, so I, but there I'm are some it, games yeah. that they make that yeah. don't come to PC, like their Gundam series or mm. Super Robot Wars or Tales. You know, those games that I play a lot of. You know, those games that they... Well, I guess Tales is different, but I was going to say for the Gundam games, those games they don't bother to bring to the U.S. either. <laughs> yeah, the games that they don't bring to the U.S., period. Yeah. But, you know, it's just make me want to investigate, like, what the region locking capabilities of the PS4 are so I can inform my decision as to which region I buy one from. I thought... Oh, I thought the reg- it wasn't region locked. Is it? I can't remember if it is or... I don't know if it is or not. Hmm. I actually have no idea. I don't think what it is, is but yeah, you sh- I guess you should probably confirm that before buying one, huh? Yeah, probably, you know, figure Just out a good whether idea. or not it is before yeah. dropping however much bloody money it is to <laughs> one or whatever. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's it for feedback this week. Uh, nobody posted in the thread, and I still haven't dug out the inbox to go through the letters. One week I'll have a bunch of letters from our email, and I apologize that it's not this week. Um um, you can blame things like Binding of Isaac and BlizzCon if you'd like. Um, if you'd like to do like Tig's Panther and our other caller today, whose name just escapes me right now. Let's go back. So let's give them some credit. What did they say their name was? Was it? Oh, right. I should do that. Uh, so many buttons to make audio work. Uh, Matt from Texas. Matt from Texas. Thank you, Matt from Texas, for calling Tig's Panther. Obviously from England or... Maybe Australia? No, probably England, huh? No, that was England. Yeah, you would know. All right. <clears throat> Thanks for calling in. 608-729-4098. That's the call number. 608-729-4098. You can call and leave a message just like they did. Preferably a little bit shorter. You know, try and get it right to the point. You know, otherwise, you know, Alice will get lost in your the, your dreamy accent and uh, just forget what it is that you were talking about to begin with. And, you know, that'd be awful. So we don't want that to happen. You can post on our forums at board.rpgamer.com. And, of course, you can email us at podcast at rpgamer.com. All those things will get your feedback on the show. Um, just uh, one second here, and we can jump into what's next, which is, of course, our news segment. So, um, not too bad of a news week, don't you think? Mm. No? I must admit, I haven't been keeping... I haven't been keeping up. You haven't been keeping up? Mm. I've been keeping down. Mm. Am Do I just stalling much? while I load my delicious links onto yeah, my sidebar? Yeah, I think you are. I, I think, think I am. <laughs> yep. All right, here we go. So, ooh, that's, uh, did I, what? That's not part of this week's. What are you doing here? Come on. Search 326 in my links. Do it right. Maybe I should refresh it so it works right. 326 in my links. That is not a... Oh, I see what it's doing there. Okay. 
Blackguards 2 is our first. Remember Blackguards, that uh, strategy game that I can never remember what it was? And then it turned into a tactical game that I didn't really like very much. Well, there's going to be a second one, uh, Blackguards 2. We talked about that a while ago. We got a trailer up on the site, and it shows on the talks about the new premise of the game, plus some of the features they're introducing. Um, go watch the trailer to see some of it. They'll show you some story bits, and of course they're going to show you that they, they're trying to put in more of a strategic feel to the overall campaign and you get to choose what location to conquer next. And you can hire up extra, up to 10 extra mercenaries this time around and choose the starting locations of your characters in the map before the battle. Um, and it'll be coming out quarter one, 2015. And once again, if you forgot, Blackguards is based on the Dark Eye pen and paper role-playing game, which I guess is much more popular in Europe than here. But uh, I, my favorite part of Blackguards still remains making the character at the beginning. <laughs> Not so much huh. playing it after that. <laughs> I had, oh, the game was so missing polish. I hope Blackguards 2 fixes a lot of the, the issues that I was having there. Because it's like a game I wanted to like, but I just couldn't stomach the state it was in. It was like, this feels half done. And I want to play it if it was fully done, but not half done. I don't know. You ever try it, Alice? No, I haven't no. tried it. All right. Atelier Aisha Plus Alchemist of Dust now has a release date. It'll be January 13th and... 2015 in North America and January 14th in Europe. Aisha Plus will be joined a couple months later by Atelier Shally, Alchemist of Dusk Sea, the PS3 title, which is a sequel to Atelier Aisha and Atelier Eska and Logi. Man, this is so many things to keep track of. So, you, so Aisha Plus is for the Vita, comes out in January. Atelier Shally is for the PS3, comes out March, North America, March 10th, Europe, March 13th. Got that? That matters to my wife, so I'll be buying those games for Anna Marie. She likes to stream them all. As soon as we get our freaking streaming solution fixed, we still haven't gotten around to doing that. Oh, streaming hardware. CD Projekt Red has announced a bazillion pieces of DLC for The Witcher 3. Just tons of DLC, and it's all free. So, yep. <laughs> Witcher 3 comes out February 14th for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. There are 16 planned pieces of DLC. Quinn, you're going to get them all, right? Uh, well, I still need to figure out if I'm going to get Witcher 3, but if I get it, why These, not? The DLC is available on all platforms, and it'll be free for anyone who has a copy of the game, no matter when you buy the game. This is not a pre-order bonus. It's just they're announcing that we're going to be doing work on DLC and releasing it after, after the game comes out, and it's all free because we actually respect you. So please buy our stuff. So that's kind of how that works. So They're putting some uh, faith in us as gamers, so are we going to reward them or not? Probably depends on whether or not the game's good, huh? Yeah. Let's hope it's good. All right. Well, the first two pieces of DLC, which is horse armor and a beard and hairstyle set. Yeah, I guess if this is the DLC, you're not going to charge for it to begin with, huh? It'll be available immediately on February 24th. (laughs) Not that it stopped some other people from trying. Hey, no one's been doing horse armor since Oblivion. (laughs) I'll point that out. All right, Earth's new vice president to take office in January. That's right, Citizens of Earth, which was supposed to come out on Tuesday of this past week. You might have noticed it didn't come out. And then on Thursday, they put out a release saying, hey, we're delaying it to January 20th, which is Inauguration Day in North America. So, so that's when you'll be able to pick up Citizens of Earth, uh, at least according to them this time. Uh, that'll be out on 3DS, Wii U, PC, PS4, Vita. It'll be 15 bucks. And uh, sorry for the delay, I guess. 
Uh, Sword Art Online. You watched any of that, Quinn? The anime? Um, I'm aware of it. I watched the first episode. It looks intriguing. I want to watch it all, but I haven't gotten around yeah, to it. Yeah, apparently it kind of descends into uh, madness and terribleness later on. But Oh, okay. I What I did is I actually watched the first episode of season one and the first episode of season two. Oh, right. <laughs> Just to kind of see, do they wrap this story up in the first season or not? And I actually, the results were positive. I won't say if they do or don't, but I, I liked what I saw. And so I, I think I'm going to go into that series a little bit. But uh, let's see. Take to the Art. What is this? So Sword Art Online Lost Song. It's the third game in the Sword Art Online series. Have we gotten like one of them here? Have we gotten any of them I think here? we've got one. Just one of them? All right. Yeah. Uh, it takes place on Svart Elfheim, a new floating content located in the world of Elfheim Online, the setting for the second half of the first anime season. What? And the second arc of the manga. <laughs> okay. Second arc of the first anime season, first, second, uh, whatever's going on. Um, <laughs> I can't keep it all straight. Uh, it'll be localized for in English for the Asian market, and Yosuke Futami, the producer of the game, has promised the localization for Lost Song will be better than that of Hollow Fragment, the quality of which was a point of contention in RV Gamer's review of the game and was one of the major criticisms received from fan feedback. So if you didn't like how that game was localized, uh, they're going to change it? Or localize it better? That well, might be a good plan. Maybe they'll fail completely at their promise. We'll see. After Sword Art Online comes a story about Steam. No, not the Valve Digital Sales program, uh, Platform. Codename Steam. You know, a.k.a. Project Lincoln Force, the game. Now, this is uh, Codename Steam. It is a Nintendo 3DS strategy RPG. Nintendo put up a big old Nintendo Direct that featured it as well as other games for 3DS. This is uh, made by the Fire Emblem people. And they, uh, Nintendo of Europe is saying the game's planned for release in May 2015. And America is saying spring 2015. And there's a trailer. And you can see that there's lots of um, historical or literary figures like... Um, uh, what was it? The, a lot of weird stuff, actually. Oh, Tom Sawyer was in there. Of course, Abraham Lincoln's in there. Um, wasn't one of them like a wolf or a cow or something like that? I don't remember. It's the weird characters in that game. Um, so there's a lot of literary. Oh, right. It's the lion from The Wizard of Oz somehow in this game. Whatever. So weird things going on in that world. So you can go check that out, watch that video, see if you can get psyched for Project Steam. Hopefully it'll be good. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I don't know about you, Quinn. Nah. Nah? Nah? nah. No strategy RPGs for you, huh? Not Well, not this one, anyway. Alright. How about a game about Adventure Time? Uh, I haven't really seen Adventure Time. I'm just familiar with it. All right, well, on November 18th, you could play Adventure Time, The Secret of the Nameless Kingdom, which is like the third Adventure Time game. It's been uh, made by WayForward, you know, people what brought us Shantae. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, you don't care? All right, physical and digital channels release. It'll be 3DS, PC, PS3, Vita, and 360. That's a lot of platforms, a lot of older platforms. Um, and they've got screenshots. Screensho- we got screenshots up. Yeah. No, screenshots. Check that out. See if you uh, are into Adventure Time. All right. Maybe you'll care more about this. How about a 3D remake of Zelda Majora's Mask? On yeah, 3DS? I'll probably buy that. Ah, so you're a Majora's Mask fan? Yep. 
The game looks so freaking weird and creepy. I don't want anything well, to do with it. I still think you should play it. Really? Yep. Why? It's a very, very good game. I've got other Zeldas to play. Like? Um, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Wind Waker, and... I think you're, I think you're just making excuses, Chris. Oh, but those are other Zeldas I have to play. And uh, Link Between Worlds. Yeah, I'm playing hell. <laughs> Admittedly, I need to play Wind Waker HD now that I have a copy of it. But, yeah. But yeah, Majora's Mask isn't out yet, so... <laughs> nah. All right, fine. I, I am making excuses because I don't want to play that game. All right. <laughs> What's wrong? It's not that creepy. It's creepy. It's Wait, remind creepy. me not, then not to link you to the creepy pasta. The creepy what? Creepy pasta. What? Yeah, there's a couple of really good Majora's Mask creepy pastas. Oh. I'll have to look that up later. Uh, I'll provide see. you with some links. So here's the news that my wife was most excited for all week long. Kingdom Hearts 2.5 is getting a collector's edition. Oh, boy. I had to immediately go and cancel my Amazon pre-order and replace it with a pre-order for this collector's edition because Anna Marie, of course, wants the wants the 9.4-inch Shadow Heartless plushie. Oh, there's a plushie in it? There's a plushie oh, in it. Oh, God. For $99.99, you get a collector's box, a plushie, the steelbook to case for the game, the Disney collectible pin that the limited edition, which is just a pre-order bonus, gets, um, and a copy of Kingdom Hearts 1.5, apparently. Is that is that right? Wait, yeah, it really? includes that Kingdom Hearts right. 1.5 remix in there. Yeah, it apparently includes the first game, too. Yeah, you get both games, because the Steelbook holds both games, so they give you both games. Why not? And a 30-page hardcover art book. Did we already rebuy Kingdom Hearts, Anna? Because I feel stupid if we did. Oh, that's terrible. Because this is... Ah! Because this has... So Kingdom Hearts 1.5 was one of the games that was stolen from us. And so we repurchased it. And we haven't touched it since we repurchased it. So we could have just waited for this. Ah! Ah! Oh, well... I didn't buy 1.5 because I'm not a huge fan of the original. Well, well here not, you like, go. You can get them all. Just get I'm not a big enough thing. fan of the original that I would want to buy it twice. Whereas I did actually really enjoy Kingdom Hearts 2 probably a lot more than the original. So, Well, yeah. here you have like most of the Kingdom Hearts games in one box, except yep. for a couple 3DS titles, right? Something like that? Or yeah, DS something like that. 3DS? I don't know. Um, and then some of the games are in video form... And unfortunately, I think that stupid card game is still playable because I hate that thing. Can we just veto that game's existence? What, Chain of Memories? Yeah. Nah, sorry, it did actually happen. All right. uh, Tales of Hearts R's got a story trailer. I don't know if that matters at all. Does anyone care? It's a remake of the DS game, which didn't do so well, if I remember in the reviews here. Oh, wait, no, that didn't come out here. Someone's <laughs> telling me something bad about Tales of Heart R, and I don't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Wheels, I think, who knows about Tales of Heart Or it's oh, Twin. Okay. See, Wheels or Twin. Anna keeps chiming in from the other room. I thought you were sleeping. Go to sleep. If you're not sleeping, <laughs> get on the show. 
oh, says, Chris. you're loud. It's like, that's the point. <laughs> right. Alpha Omega, no, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I can never say these games name right. Oh, uh, for Kingdom Hearts Collector's Edition, Stell King in the chat room asked, what was the price? Ninety nine ninety nine. And you got to go to like their special website, which is, um, let's see if I can tell you what it is. It is at kingdomhearts.com slash collectors underscore edition. You can pre-order that. All right. <clears throat> Tales of Heart. Are we are to talk about, okay, Omega Rubit Alpha Sapphire has a trailer up, which shows you some of the new features. And it's kind of a summary of all the new features that they're adding to the games. Um, there's another set of videos that I think were only put out in Japan, um, but I thought this was cool. It is showing the difference between the original um, Pokemon games and the U.S. Po- and sorry, and Alpha and Omega versions of the games. And so they've got side by side videos that you can kind of watch to see uh, the games. So you like they have it set up so you try and hit play on both of them at the same time. And they will show you gameplay that's identical between the two. And uh, Silicon Era has that up in a nice format. So you can go search for that on Silicon Era um, up on uh, November 6th. So you can compare like the same stuff between both games. And it's actually um, it's really well done. So you can see what's going on there. Picking your Pokemon. Get just literally booting into the game for the first time. Uh, battles, how they look different between the two. So I like that. Um, I, I'm always a fun for side by side. I'm always up for side by side comparison things. I'll watch more of that later. Let's see. We have uh, Alpha Persona Q is a bazillion more trailers up. We put them up on the website. If you've been following those, you want to check those out. Uh, and now we have some RP Gamer impressions and reviews. I'd like to post point these out to you so you can go check them out. There's written content that I'm not going to summarize for you because that's not good listening. First off, we got Dumb- <laughs> we've got Rogue Wizards. Excuse me. I'm, I almost read his little flavor text. Rogue Wizards, an impression of the game Rogue Wizards by Zach Wellhouse. And that's a game from Spellbind Studios. I have no idea what this game is about, but it looks um, like there's crafting. Wait, what is this? Actually, it's a roguelike dungeon exploration, and it's spelled by... I actually kind of... Oh, this looks cool. I want to play this. So I'm going to read that later. Um, <laughs> Rogue Wizards. Go read that now. It's pre-alpha? So it's not out yet? I have to wait. I have to remember. Oh, okay. It's a Kickstarter. It's got three days to go. It's called Rogue Wizards RPG, fantasy roguelike role-playing game. You can read the impression right now. Decide if you want to back it. Um... Hey, look, we've got a quote. Uh, even if the here's our quote on their Kickstarter page from rpgamer.com. Even if the Rogue Wizards Kickstarter campaign doesn't succeed, I'd be surprised if a publisher doesn't snap the game up. So there you go. Apparently, uh, Alex liked the game. Uh, I need to go check that. Make a thing. All right, so make a pledge for that later because it looks really cool. Uh, all right, Dragon Age 3 Inquisition, we have an impression up from Emmanuel Marino. You heard him talk about it last week here on the show, so uh, definitely no value in me trying to summarize that. Go read his written thoughts on the game up on the site right now. And we have a review up of Costume Quest 2, which is great because it's a back-and-forth dialogue review between Sam Marcello and Adrian Denauden. And you can... Uh, I know, uh, well, it was a reference to the Costume Quest 1 review, which was done in exactly the same fashion. Yes. So you can go check that out. Um 
because you know it's a fighting between the twins is the idea right so anyway three and a half out of five that's good enough i think for a costume quest game that i really should play because i missed the window to play it before halloween and i don't know what i'm just mm. all right so let's see i've got these stories in here multiple times this was for anna but she's not here so she can't like on it um in Japan, there is going to be an arcade version of Luigi's Mansion made by Capcom. <laughs> and it, it looks cool. It's Luigi's Mansion's okay, uh, arcade, and I don't know what's going on with that, but like you have to... I don't know. There's lots of shaky Luigi and scared, and I don't know what's going on. But it looks weird. And there's cameras involved. Oh, wait. All right. Those are... It's being shown off at a trade show, and those are things saying, don't take video of this. So, of course, it makes sense that someone took a video of it. So, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Arcade. <laughs> nice save, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ooh, former Final Fantasy and Disguise developers are working on a strategy RPG. Guess what? This is another Kickstarter. It's called Soul Knight. So, you can go search for that on Kickstarter. They want 60 grand. Um, but, hey, it's people who've worked on strategy RPGs that you might like. And you can go check it out. They go on an excruciating detail about how their battle system works so you can decide whether or not you want to back the game. And that's, uh, yeah, that's it for that. Uh, oh, I already got that. That's quite enough of that. Let's yeah. move on. Well, um, the name of the studio is Awesome Japan. Awesome so, Japan. Awesome. They have a website, awesome-japan.com, which I oh. kind of approve wholeheartedly. And it's in Japanese, so I need someone like you to read it, Quinn. So. Oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> it's a, apparently, they're also associated with Cool Japan. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Awesome-Japan. Loading up for you? No, I'm just... Uh, Dave, Dave's just finished Binding of Isaac again. Oh, goodness. You're going to go to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. If you're in Japan... Eh, you're awesome, first and foremost. Um, and you can do things like going to Tokyo Joy- Joypolis. And there you will see between November 13th and December 23rd, Sega has made it so Persona has taken over the uh, amusement center at Tokyo Joypolis. Oh, I heard about this, yeah. When you go in, you'll be greeted by a special movie starring Teddy. The Halfpipe Bride will have Persona music like Burn My Dread from Persona 3 and Best Friends for Persona 4 Arena. Um, there's... You can get fortune printouts that will have Persona Q themed fortunes, and you can buy Persona drinks. And it looks like there's a Persona photo booth and de- decorations and all sorts of stuff. So let's go. Except no? we don't live in Japan, Chris. Oh, shit. I live in I live in England. Remember? Yeah. <sighs> so British. <laughs> hey, sorry to bring reality into this. Jeez. Uh, here's another one I needed an Anna for, but she's not here. Um, there's some sort of thing going on with Digimon in a fighting game, and they, they've been Wait, showing what? them off. Uh, there's a Digimon fighting game. Digimon All-Star oh. Rumble. It's like Smash Brothers with Digimon. Oh. Have you not heard of this? Uh, it was announced I, I a while think, back. I think it's, it's, it's part of a longer series, but I so didn't here, realize they were making another one. It's a, an example of Bandai Namco bringing out games here, because it's coming out here. 
And they have a live stream. They had a live stream recently showing off a bunch of the playable characters. There's 12 base playable Digimon, each with their own Digivolve forms and super forms. I don't know what any of that means. Some of these evolutions aren't canonical in the Digimon universe. That's right. You can have a Digimon video game with an evolution in it, but that doesn't make it canonical. How the heck does that work? I don't know. Uh, so there you go. You can go read more about that on Silicon Era because we don't really cover it, except I know Digimon is tangentially related to some RPGs, so I figured some people might care. Uh, there, <laughs> speaking of tangentially related products, Monster Hunter is getting a browser-based strategy game. What? Um. Monster Hunter Meseporta Reclamation. <laughs> There's a bunch of uh, screenshots. So this is in Japan only for now, but uh, I don't know. It looks weird. Yeah, you make items, and it looks like a free-to-play strategy game. I don't know how it's going to work. There's probably, like, free-to-play currency stuff, so it'll be dumb. But, hey, it's Monster Hunter-related. No one cares. Uh, Akiba Strip, you know, that game where you have to tear clothing off people so that they can be exposed to the sun and evaporate because they're synthetic vampires? Yeah, that one. Um, It's coming to PlayStation 4 on November 25th, so (laughs) look forward to that. (laughs) And uh, it'll be $49.99. Xenoblade Chronicles X, we talked about earlier. That's coming out in Japan in spring of 2015. Don't know when it's coming out here. Um, are you going to import that, Quinn? What, Xenoblade Chronicles? Yeah. Or is that no, I have, a, I have a European Wii U. Oh, they're region locked? Okay. Yeah. I'll just be waiting for it to come out. Uh, well, uh, speaking of your region, like, region locking woes... Uh, Satoru Iwata oh, recently. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Satoru Iwata recently addressed the fact that all of their recent devices have been region locked um, in a financial results Q and A. Let's say he said there have been various conditions at play in the game business, such as a history of localization taking an extremely long time, a variety of marketing constraints and circumstances in each country, and the fact that the license needed to sell games have not always been granted globally. In a sense, the region lock has existed more for reasons having to do with the seller than the consumers. That has been the situation throughout the history of video game systems, and as for what should be done going forward, there may be advantages for the consumers and also for us if they were unlocked. Conversely, unlocking them would mean having to resolve different issues that would subsequently arise. While we have not decided whether we will unlock them or not, we do recognize that it is an issue that needs to be considered in the future. Yay. I... Does that really mean... I don't know if he said anything there, Quinn. (laughs) Well, okay, okay. Put my yay in giant air quotes then. Yeah, it's like, maybe yay, kind of. Yeah, it's like, maybe yay, maybe. Maybe? Oh, let's see. Ooh, Bravely Default music is coming to theater rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call. Only in Japan so far. Eh, Okay. (laughs) It's paid Wait, DLC, Then again, I have a Japanese 3DS. And hey! I have a Japanese copy of Theater Rhythm, so... Hey! You're there. You're there. Yep. You're ready. You're good to go. Hey, did you like Zelda 2? You know, the one that's actually an RPG? No. Okay. Because I've never did. really played it. Oh, you should. Um, Mexican developer Anzamuz Games has announced its finished production on its action-adventure Elliot's Quest. Why do I tell you this? Because it's uh, a game coming to the Wii U and the Ouya... Yeah, let's just forget about the Ouya part. Um, I was going to say, why are we still giving a crap about the Ouya? Well, this like, is also coming out on PC. It's called Ellie's Quest, and the developer says it's a spiritual successor to Zelda II, The Adventure of Link. Um, in it, you play as Elliot as he traverses the dangerous Urele, Urele Island in search of an 
ancient demon that is consuming his vitality. Um, blah, blah, blah. Story, story, story. It'll be 10 bucks, and it'll be coming out next month on Windows, Mac, and Linux. And then, of course, it'll be coming to Wii U and Ouya in 2015. Oops, I said Ouya again. Oh, there, I said it again. I'm sorry. Please stop. I'll stop. Um, let's see, can I pre-order that? Is that coming to Steam? Is that not? I don't know. And I think one of the old Adventure Time games was also inspired by Zelda 2, and I've never played that. I don't know what's wrong with me. I should go get that. Elliot Quest. Hey, Elliot Quest. Wait, I clicked on it in Steam, and what? Come on. Go. Ah! The Steam store is not treating me with respect to th- this morning. <laughs> However... Tropico Five is only half is only nineteen ninety nine right now. That's right. You get Tropico Five. You no, not really. I'm not buying everyone a copy at nineteen ninety nine. But uh, eh. I, I pointed out in case any of you uh, got a free copy of Tropical Three, maybe you want to go Tropical Five or Four. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, last post. Uh, here's what's coming out <laughs> in the next week or so. As he waits for the thing to come out. Let's see. Oh, hey. This is already out. Go forward a week. All right. Pro Evolution Soccer 2015 Team of the Year Edition. You getting this, Quinn? No. I'm... No. Okay. <laughs> Give my British person. I don't know if you, you the only one. All right. Magnetic by Nature is coming out for PC. Global ATC Simulator for PC. Desert Ashes for PC. Why So Evil for PC. Minecraft PlayStation Vita Edition is coming out on Tuesday. Tropical 5 Limited Special Edition on the 360. Uh, does that mean it's limited in its specialness or that it is both limited and special i have no idea okay sonic boom is coming out on the wii u um sonic boom is also coming out on the 3ds and i predict i I predict really nasty reviews for that game this week we'll find out assassin's creed unity is coming out for ps4 xbox one and pc tales of heart this week that's what it says oh am i wrong no, I mean, I'm I didn't going off GameSpot's list, and maybe this could be wrong, but Assassin's Creed Unity release date November 11th. Yeah. Huh, fair enough. Tales of Heart R coming out on Vita. Uh, put that down under maybe. Maybe? All right. Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Senran Kagura, Bon Appetit, which is, uh, this is a fast place rhythm game with the Senran Kagura stuff, which is the things where um, you fight people, and when they lose, their clothing falls off and stuff, and boobies, pretty much, and I'm done judging on that one, I just, whatever, if that's your thing, I, whatever, it's, it's out, Halo the Master Chief Collection comes out on Xbox One. Shape Up comes out on Xbox One. Uh, we already mentioned Pro Evo Soccer, but it's out on like a bazillion platforms. Tetris Ultimate, out for 3DS. Who's making that one? Is it a good version of Tetris? I don't know. I want like the Nintendo-made versions of Tetris back. That's all I want. Digimon All-Star Rumble apparently comes out this week. We were just talking about that earlier. PS3 and 360. If you want to fight with Digimon, there you go. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Assassin's Creed Rouge. <laughs> or Rogue, out for PS3 and 360, so I guess both the Assassin's Creed's hit, huh? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Danger of the Ooze for 3DS. Is this made by... Wait for it. 
It might be. Oh, if it is, that might be worth looking at. Payday Crew. Uh, pay, payday Crew. What the heck? Payday 2. Safe Cracker Addiction. Addiction. Not addiction. Oh, my gosh. Uh, pay, <laughs> payday Crew. Safe Cracker Addiction. That's what it should be. Payday 2 is an action pass for... You know, whatever. Hello Kitty and Sanrio Friends 3D Racing for 3DS. Nano Assault Neo X for PS4. Ooh, I like some of the Nano Assault games. I'll have to check that one out. Toy Box Turbos for PC. Valkyria Chronicles coming out on PC. Woo, I pre-ordered that. That'll be cool. Get Off My Lawn for PC. Safari Quest for 3DS. Deadlings Rotten Editions for PC. Never heard of that one. Disney's Planes Fire and Rescue for 3DS and Wii U. Sure to be a hot seller. Yeah. It extends the storyline of the film. Don't you don't you want that, Quinn? Um, no? I don't think so. Randall's Monday. Save Randall from reliving the same Monday over and over again in a point-and-click adventure from Data Look Entertainment for PC coming out on Wednesday. Chariot, that's the uh, kind of two-player co-op game that came out on Xbox One a little while back. It's out on PC. Uh, Deadstone for PC. Space Hawk Ascension. Space Hawk Ascension Edition. That's like a video version of the board game. That's coming for PC. Amphora for PC. World of Kathleen's for Wii U. Is that any good? I don't know. I remember that being something in the early days of the 360. I don't know if that's any good. World of Warcraft, Warlords of Draenor. This is what uh, Quinn will be playing. Yep. Assassin's Creed Unity. We already talked about that. Uh, Tales of Hardware. We talked about that. Tengami for Wii U. This is, uh, I guess, a port of the iOS game, which is an uh, explore- explorative adventure game, it's called. Uh, I talked about that already. Uh, ter- Tears to Tierra 2, Heir of the Overlord for PS3 in like the European play- regions. Oh, that's why some of these games are coming up twice, because they're not just U.S. release dates. Okay. Castle Conquer Defender for 3DS. Oh, my gosh. All these weird... Pacross E5 on the 3DS. If you've been following all the little Pacross mini releases, you got another one coming. Uh, Wolf Among Us coming to like Europe, it looks like. For PS3, 360, and Xbox One. Okay, these flags are weird. Let's see if I can skip, 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 skip. Shadows, Heretic Kingdoms in the U.S. for PC. QP Shooting, Danger... What is this stuff? Onikira, Demon Killer for PC. Frozen Synapse Prime for PC. And we're done. Okay, are we done? We're done. We're done. We're done. All right, what are you going to play this week? Well, it'd probably like be World of Warcraft, mostly. Yeah, World of Warcraft. Um, hey, I didn't talk about a big game that I was playing. And I'll be playing more of it this week, so I'll talk about it now. Um, Harvest of the Moon, The Lost Valley, came out on uh, November 4th last week. And uh, my wife worked on this game, so I made her get me a code. And I've been playing it, and it is a farming game. So if you're into very slow-paced, relaxing farming games where you slowly build relationships with people, do little quests of growing crops for them and growing farm animals and petting them and feeding them, then this might be the game for you. Um, It is not really the normal sort of game I play, but I'm trying to get through it because I take an interest in my wife's work. And, uh, but it is out there. So if you are looking forward to the, the Harvest Moon stuff, or if you saw our E3 interview, you're looking for the culmination of those. So, how did that turn into a game? I have not found the uh, Harvest Dark Lord yet, or the God of the Underworld, or any of that yet. So, I think I've got a, a ways to dig yet before I unlock that sort of stuff. 
which I thought was the more interesting stuff in the interview. So you can check out Harvest Moon in the Lost Valley. I'll be playing more of that. I'm surely going to be playing some World of Warcraft because that's out and that'll take a bazillion years of my life. And beyond that, I picked up Pokemon Rumble Blast for the 3DS and I want to play some of that because I heard good things. All right. What's David going to be playing this week, John? Quinn, I'll ask him. Alice, David, what are you going name? to be playing this week? <laughs> Rocksmith and Binding of Isaac. Oh, yeah. All right, that's fair. Oh, I'm still yeah, got Binding much. of Isaac open. Let's go finish this game. All right. Well, I think I mentioned Rocksmith on the cast before, so... Yeah, that works. Yeah. All right. Uh, and with that, we're going to wrap up. Thanks, everybody, for watching. If you'd like to leave feedback for the show, there are a few ways for you to do it. Uh, first off, email us, podcast.rpgamer.com. Second of all, you can send us a voicemail at 608-729-4098. And third, you can go to our message boards at board.rpgamer.com and go to um, go watch that there. Uh, oh, Stella King in the chat room asks, what platform is Harvest Moon? It is, of course, 3DS. They tend to be only on the, on the mobile stuff lately. I'm, I'm sure they'll do another console game eventually. Um, and uh, with that, I'm going to say goodbye to you all. Anna Marie and I, now that she's had her rest, she's talking to her mom now. She's supposed to be sleeping because she was too tired to do the show. She's talking to her mother on FaceTime now. Um, when Anna Marie is done with her stressful re- recuperation, um, we'll be going over to Gamehole Con over in Madison, Wisconsin, where we, which is, of course, where we live, where we'll be doing lots of pen and paper RPG for the day. So it's a big old pen and paper RPG convention. It's really cool. And Gamehole.com, if you are in the Madison area, I highly recommend it because it's cool to play, sit down and play with some strangers and have fun doing zany things like role-playing as a pyro, you know, pyro um, maniac warlock who wants to blow up everything. So uh, with that, I bid you adieu. Do you have anything to say to the folks before we leave them, Quinn? No, not really. All right. (laughs) How exciting. See you next week, everybody. Uh, Until then, um, mind your Kickstarters, watch your BlizzCons, and um, play your evolve your Digimon. I guess. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs)